Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 17, I want to do an exposition. I want to explain the verses. <clears throat> what does it mean to be a child of God? <clears throat> this will be a teaching, and then with application towards the end of it. What does it mean to be a child of God? There's a lot of opinions what a child of God should look like. Uh, but what did the Holy Spirit really say a child of God should look like? We find in these 17 verses. Ephesians 5 goes into some detail explaining it, making it clear. So the first verse there, the introduction of the passage, we see right off the bat, he says, Be, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Jesus blazed the trail ahead of us. He made a way for us to be reconciled to God. He overcame all of the obstacles. He defeated all of the enemies. He outsmarted the devil. I think that's very clear in the Bible. Uh, had the princes of this world known what would happen, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have done it. They thought they were winning. They were like the guy in Iran years ago that says, had, had bombs going off behind him and says, we are winning, we are winning. No, he wasn't. That was the devil. He thought he was winning at the crucifixion. It was his undoing. Jesus blazed the trail and conquered death, hell, and the grave. What does Paul say about that? He says, first and foremost, be followers of God as dear children. Jesus said also, Matthew 4.19, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. In John 12, 26, he said, if any man, one of my favorite verses, by the way, and you ought to mark this down, because this, this is a jewel of a verse. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Ooh, where is he? Right hand of the Father. Mm. He also said, because I live, you shall live. If any man serve me, serve me, Listen to this. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. What? If any man serve me, him will my father honor. You don't have to honor yourself. God will honor you. And the kind of honor he'll give you will be a right kind of honor. It'll be a, it'll be a, a pure kind of honor. It won't be an ego honor. It'll be an honor that's holy. But he said he'd do it. Paul said we are to follow him, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. So we're to be followers of God. Jesus said, follow me. Paul said, follow me, imitate me. The word means to copy me, do as I do, watch what I do and do it. I trained over 20 people in floor covering. I did floor covering for 17 years. Two of those people that I trained went in the business for themselves and made a living at it for many, many years, two of them. They were always grateful. They'd come back to me and say, thank you, thank you for teaching me a trade so I can support my family. And it, it, you can support your family. You're not going to get wealthy on it. You're not going to do too well, but you're going to be able to live. And uh, I learned something about teaching people how to do stuff. First of all, I learned what not to do. You got to learn what not to do. Then you learn what to do. But I used to tell them, do what I do. Look at me. Pay attention to me. But I also learned that you had to have the gift. 
What is a gift? It's the gift of alertness. It's the gift of paying attention to detail. Some people can walk by something dirty and they don't even see it. Other people cannot walk by that same thing. Drives them crazy. They notice it. I came in tonight and noticed there was dirt in the hallway. Just as soon as I walked in. I don't know how many people had come in before me, but none of them seemed to have went and got the vacuum and vacuumed it up like we did. Uh, but, but I know, I, it's just, it's the gift. Now, it's a curse, too, because you can be critical if you're not careful, because you notice a lot of stuff. You also notice bad things as well as good things. I'll notice if we got spiders on the top of the, where the eaves are. I can't stand it when the spiders get up there. I'll notice if the paint gets dirty at a doorway. I'll notice just on and on and on hundreds of things bother me that, I'll, that we'll make sure that get done and, and et cetera. But that also has helped me when you're laying floor covering for somebody, they want a perfect job. They don't want a good job. They want a perfect job. Well, I could never do perfect, but I could get as close to it as you can, you're going to be able to get. And they want what I call square corners, not rounded corners. They want square cleaning. You have to have the gift to be a good cleaner. Not everybody can clean well. Amen? You got to be, to be a good person to clean. You got to have, we got one of the best janitors in the world is Sandy Dobbs. You know, what I liked about uh, Sandy is that she just is a stickler for details. Well, I, I got to know her that way but through her daughter. And so her daughter told me about her. And I said, oh, I didn't know Sandy. I said, oh, boy, she's really into details. My son got to know her. My son's impish. I don't know if you know that. But he's pretty impish. And when he got married, he knew that Sandy was a real stickler for cleaning the house and so he goes up to her house and really didn't meet the woman much i'm just going to give my side of the story here and he goes up to one of her doorways is this right troy and went like this with his hand on a door top of a doorway and says oh there's dust there <laughs> she spent three days cleaning the house he said after that because you know he found dirt but uh that's troy you know sweet man <laughs> hey man but uh, do as I do. Watch me. Follow me. If I and by the way, learn it the way I do it. And once you learn it the way I do it, then you can do it any way you want to do it. But first, learn it this way. You with me on that? I, people, as soon as they start working for you, they try to improve what you're doing. They haven't done anything. I mean, you've been doing this 10 years, let's say, something 10 years, and somebody will come up to you that's been there two weeks, and they think they got it better than you. Now, stop. You learn it my way. You do it my way. And when we get all, when you get real good at doing it my way, you may actually have a better way. At that point, you teach me the better way. And I've had, I've had that happen way too many times in floor covering. A young guy would tell me, well, after he got used to, he'd say, well, are you ready to take this? I said, maybe. And they'd teach me a better way. They'd see a better way to do it. That's what God says when he says, be followers of God. Know what God does, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and pay attention. You have to pay attention. You have to keep focused. To be a child of God, you got to focus on God. Uh, and if I may say, maybe before all of that, you have to want it. 
You have to want to be like God. Do you want to be like God tonight? Do you want to walk with him, talk with him? Do you want to, you want to emulate him, copy him? I do. And then we see in, uh, how we should walk as a child of God, 1 through 17. In verse 2, we see uh, we're to, we're, the rest of the chapter really is what it, it does that after it says, follow me. In verse 2, he says we're to walk in love. In verse 8, we're to be children of light. In verse 15, we're to walk circumspectly. If you walk in love, you walk away from evil. Does that make sense? Those who profess to love Jesus and walk in darkness of sin of this world are liars, and they're kidding themselves and they're self-deceived. How do you know that? Verses 3 through 7 of this chapter says that. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking or jesting, and that's dirty jesting, by the way, not just having humor. It's some of the old Stoics of my past wanted to say is never right to laugh in church. Uh, God himself laughs. He said, the Lord will laugh, having them in derision. If God laughs, it's okay if we laugh, as long as it's not in a dirty or unclean manner, the jesting part, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, nor an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. You got that? Let no man deceive you with vain words, verse 6, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. If there ever was a consistent message in the Bible, it's right here. How crazy is it for a born-again believer to participate in the very things that crucified the Lord, who died to save them? That's not love. That's hate. It's hypocrisy. It's crazy. And you want to notice in this list, immorality is right up there at the top. All kinds of immorality, it, it, it surrounds it. It's the top of the list. I don't think we should fool ourselves uh, that we are vulnerable to immorality. We should guard ourselves in this area big time, big time, especially with the phones the way they are, and they have free access to every form of wickedness available in the world at the touch of a finger. So I preached a sermon called, Can We Survive Accessibility? Can you stay away from immorality with that kind of accessibility? Can you? How are you doing? But if you want to walk as a children of light, you have to walk against darkness. Verse 8 through 14. How? Well, verse 9 through 10 says, walk in the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit. For the, verse 9 10. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. The full fruit of the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those, that list that he lists, by the way, there's five of those lists in the New Testament. Every one of them ends, they that practice these things, do these things, shall not be part of the kingdom of heaven. All of them, all five of them. There's been people coming to my office, I'll go and read all five of them. They're living with somebody, a, a supposed Christian living with a woman. And I'll take them to the, those five passages and I'll say, read these to me. And they read them and I said, 
I, you're fit, you fit in that, right? You're committing fornication, right? Okay. And you say you're a born again. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I said, but the Bible says you're lying to yourself. The Bible says you're going to split hell wide open. And you're going to be one of those found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, where it says they're going to be Lord, Lord, but you're not going to be part of the deal. He's going to say, what a horror that will be to face God thinking you're part of his family. And he says, I don't know you. You're not mine. Depart from me, curse are you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That would be horrible. Don't, don't let that be you. And so if you, <clears throat> if you want to walk as children of light, you have to walk with the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, you have to have opposition to darkness. Look in verse 11 and 12. These are, oh man, 11 so powerful. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. Some points of truth here is you can't be reproving something you're enjoying. That make common sense to you? You can't reprove. We're supposed to have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but let's say those words together. Let's start with the word but. Ready? But, say it together. But rather reprove them. You take an aggression against evil. He says, don't be passive on the works of darkness. Be aggressively against them, or you'll be part of them, was really what the warning there is. Have no fellowship. with the, what, what is fellowship? Two fellows in a ship. It's, it's, it's hanging around it. It, it, it. It's keeping it around you. Listen, if you're listening to wicked rock and roll music during the week, expecting to live for Jesus, good luck. And there is no luck. You're not going to do it because you're undoing with the music of the world the stuff that the Holy Spirit's trying to do on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And the world's outpopulating the Word of God. The exposure you have to the world is, is overcoming the exposure you have to the Holy Spirit. Does it make sense to you? Does that make sense? I had to give up. I loved rock and roll music. <clears throat> give me a beep, son. You know, I'm not going to do it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I love the Led Zeppelin. I love the Jimmy Hendrix. I love the Beatles. I love the rock and roll. I, oh, I just love, I love the Rolling Stones and Dave Clark Five. These are old blasts from the past. And when I got right with God at 18 years old, the first thing the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, these two, can't, these two can't fellowship. They can't fellowship together. Because the first thing a Christian wants to do, that isn't really dedicated, was they want to <clears throat> have one foot in the world, one foot in the things of God. They want to bring in the things that give them pleasure of the world and bring in the word of God, which gives them peace. And, and, under, you know, and they want to somehow put them in the same ship. You want to know why you fail? That's why. You can't put those two things in the same ship. Somebody has to go overboard. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> you begin to reprove it. Mm. So what I did as a young man, started looking in the Bible about music, did about a five, I did a five-sermon series on the dangers of, of worldly music, rock music, other kinds of music that would, that would pull your mind away from God. 
I began to take an aggressive stand against music. Um, Frank Garlock, that's a blast from the past. Frank Garlock, in, in 1968, helped me, helped me with this. I went to hear him in South Bend, a community Baptist church in South Bend, and listened to Frank Garlock. He had a little 45s. Now, I know that Chris has no idea what a 45 is. He thinks it's a gun. But it's a 45 is a little record, and you put it in, you play, a, it's got one on each side, a 45s. And uh, they, they, he would bring those 45s in and give samples of the music. And sometimes, one time he brought a little three-year-old up front, and he says, if you don't think music affects you, this three-year-old has no knowledge of nothing, but watch what the three-year-old does when I play this. And he put that needle, needle, record player. And he put that down on that thing, and that kid would start just, and this, this is probably a deacon's kid, you know. He started jiving. And uh, he said, look, look what that kid, it's affecting his body, going through his ears, into his spirit, affecting his body. Now you tell me that that has that much effect on that boy, and somehow you are going to escape it because you like it? Remember the first verse? Be followers of God. How do, you, how do you become a child of God? First thing is, you decide God's where it's at. And you decide the world's not where it's at. And you begin to walk away from the world, and you begin to walk to God. Now, there's a process to this. you got to get rid of some of the stuff coming. It was hard for me to stop smoking. It was hard. It took me a while. And it wasn't easy to get rid of rock music. It wasn't easy. Women have big trouble with rock music. They love Islands in the Stream and all these romance songs that melted them to their dear, sweet husband. And, you know, oh, that was our song. Well, it was of the devil. Well, how are you doing with that now? I said, you're born from above. Everything's brand new. No amens? We're going to be here a while. <coughs> Have no fellowship with unproved works, nor rather approved. In other words, you've got to take an aggressive stand against it. Oh, aggressively. I'm going to tell you what happened. Let me, whether you like to hear this or not, you need to hear it. This is wisdom. In the 70s and 80s, uh, of course, rock music con conquered the United States, conquered the world. Rock music, con Elvis starting back with Elvis, starting back with little Richie, <clears throat> starting back with all these people back there. Uh, they, they began, the, the devil himself was inspiring that stuff. Eventually, it conquered, literally conquered. It ran over every wall that was put up against it, ran right over the walls. Preachers put up walls, ran right over them. Uh, it got to their kids in spite of them. The kids loved it, embraced it. Went all over the world. Nobody would doubt that rock music is worldwide today. It was not always that way. Secular rock music. So secular rock music became basically the music that was being listened to. <clears throat> and I said to myself, surely it'll never get into the church. Surely it'll never get into the church. Surely. Surely. They never could think about legitimizing this kind of music, somehow making it a worship music or something they could somehow call good. No, no, no. Nobody was doing it. It wasn't happening. And all of a sudden, in your liberal, most liberal denominations, Episcopalian, Lutheran, and Methodist, they began to bring in youth guys that started bringing in 
Remember, music is a poem and music. You understand, music is a poem and music. So they brought in a poem with Christian words, and they tied it with the music of the world. And they put those two together, and it was called Christian rock music or contemporary Christian music. Always name it, some sweet name. And so it got into liberal, but we fundamentalists thought, never, never will it get into real Bible-believing churches. It'll never get into the Southern Baptists. It'll never get into the people who claim to believe the Bible. Never. <clears throat> Pretty soon, young people came because of it. And because they came, it worked. Pragmatism. And the youth directors bought it hook line and sinker but before they could before they could buy it and bring it in they had to legitimize it how did they legitimize it they said music nothing else in the world is but music is amoral they said music has no good or bad it's just music they had to legitimize it before they could bring it in because if there is such a thing as good and bad music then we know where rocks come from we know what it does. We're talking about the music now, not the poem. And so we know that it's from the darkness. And that's what they call it, rock and roll. Use your imagination. And it's a drug-based music. It's a sensual, sensual meaning senses-based music. And so... These youth directors started coming up in articles. I started reading and said, music's amoral. So we fundamentalists start battling that, preaching sermons against it, developing against it. It's not amoral. There's nothing amoral. The Bible has, there's nothing in the Bible that's amoral. Every, you're going to be judged for the deeds done in your body, whether they be what? Good or bad. There is nothing in the middle. There's no gray with God. What you do, what you think, what you say, where you go, where you spend your money is either for good with God and for bad. And that's his job to, to do this. So we said, well, surely our argumentation on this is watertight. They ran right over that. They convinced an ignorant, fairly ignorant group of people, biblically ignorant, that music was amoral. You could use rock and roll. You can... And, 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 we, and then they used only the most mild rock and roll, just the most mild genre. We said, surely they're never going to use rap in church, any church. And they used it. And then we said, surely they're not going to use any industrial type music, you know, acid rock. Never would they use like the Led Zeppelin type of rock. They used it. There is no music out there today that they won't use. My next thing is they're going to bring in poles and put some girls on them. They've crossed the line of morality. There's nothing holding them back. There is, there is, they have abandoned the, the uh, principles of truth. And once you leave the principles of truth... You have nothing to stop you. You have nothing to stop your reasoning capacity. Do you know this of yourself, that you can justify anything you want to do if you're given enough time to think about it? People have justified killing people because they didn't treat them right or they wronged them. And, and, and they've tried to get women off for killing their husbands on PMS. 
Oh, I was out of my mind with uh, uh, whatever that means. I, I don't know what it means, but I have experienced the effects of it. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. What does that tell you? That tells you there are works of darkness. There is black and white. There is good and evil. There's no gray. And so we've seen in the church a tremendous compromise, the church at large. Tremendous compromise. We independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptists are one of the, literally the very last stronghold against that. And we preach against it. And we speak against it. And we attack it. Because we're told to. Because that's part of being a child of God. People say, well, you, you fundamentalists, all you do is curse the darkness. Well, I don't know what you, how you interpret that verse, but it says reprove it. What is reproving something? Don't do that. That's bad for you. That's what reproving is. Reproving is telling you, quit doing that. You were reproved by your mom and dad all the time. Why they do it? Because they hated you or they loved you? They loved you. And that's why they reproved you. Because they were trying to help you. And God, in his reproof, it said to Timothy, uh, Paul says to Timothy just before he dies, he's going to die, Second Timothy, he says, uh, 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 be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Reprove right up front. Three major areas of a preacher. Reprove, rebuke. Reprove and rebuke are similar to each other. Those are not easy to do. People don't like to be rebuked. They don't like to be reproved. God says, you reprove my people, you rebuke my people, and exhort my people. Exhort is this more sweeter term. It means to beg or imply or encourage. And so a third of what a preacher is supposed to do is encouragement. The other two-thirds is aggressively rebuking the sin that's being participated or believed as okay the folks that I give you to speak to. Does it make sense to you why fundamental independent Bible-believing people aren't real popular with the world? We cannot be popular and be right with God. By our very nature, by the very command of God himself, we can't be popular. Just give being popular up and be pleasing to God. Be a follower of God. Focus, pay attention, do what he does, know what he likes, know what he doesn't like, Know what works for him, know what, know what worked, and then do it. And then be aggressive against the evil. So verse 15, 17, I finish with this. If you want to walk circumspectly, you must walk in wisdom. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Basically, this is the will of the Lord is what he's saying. This is the will of the Lord. Circumspectly means exactly, carefully, pay attention to detail. Careless walk will end in sadness. Keep your distance from evil and the things and practices of evil. 
all the time that you're in this world, expose evil and make sure that you do not get in the boat with it. Don't fellowship with it. This is the will of God for you. And God's will is not mysterious. It's not hidden. It's in plain sight. And this will keep you in good stead. You'll walk in love. You'll walk as children of light. And you'll walk circumspectly by the grace of God. Father, help us tonight to digest these. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.